This is Coda Radio, episode 276 for September 29th, 2017. Welcome to Coda Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show taking a pragmatic look at the art and science and business, oh there's so many things, of software development and its related technologies. This show is brought to you by our two wonderful sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. My name is Wes and joining us is the somewhat bashful and shamed host this week, it's Mr. Michael Dominic. Mr. Dominic, I heard that you did something I'm not sure I should be proud of you about. Uh, yes, I, um, okay. So, Wes, hang on. Hang on, Wes. Okay, fine. I was in the Brandon Mall, and, uh, for those who aren't familiar, Brandon is a, uh, town in Florida. Uh, and I, Wes, I was drugged, okay? And I wandered into this white store with wooden tables Fake wood, though, mind you, fake wood. And somehow my corporate card got rung up for $29.99. Ooh, wow, that is steep. Okay, so, hmm, I'm trying to guess here. Where, where could you have gone? Did you buy a new mattress? Maybe it's a mattress? Did you get yourself a really nice bed for work? A Listen, work bed? I've, been, I've been married for a long time. I don't need that kind of mattress yeah, anymore. Okay, you're right. Yes. So definitely not that. Um, spa treatment then. I mean, you're the boss. You need to be relaxed. Spa treatment. That's what it sounds like. No, mailing doesn't work anymore. I'm good. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, right. You're basically just a, a robot plugged into a computer. Oh, maybe. Is it? It couldn't be. Is it? Is it one of those Apple devices? So... You know, if there was a basket of fruit and I pulled one out, it might be a Macintosh. Yeah, okay. I mean, but haven't you heard about the banana books? I mean, those are great. They, uh, they're they reliable. Oh, they're Linux-based. And... Really? The banana books? Really? That's where you're going with this? That's where I'm going with this. Uh, it's my new line, so uh, buy them today. Is it, is it really? <laughs> no, I wish. that. Uh, maybe after uh, the show, I'll start that. So, okay. My defense. Yes, I did buy a 15-inch MacBook Pro. I did this sober and knowingly. Yep. Yes. It was planned. Well, I did, it was I, thought through. Okay, I take it back. I did it knowingly. Okay. Fair enough. But I had a reason. And the reason was I have a client job I need to do. And I hired a dude who wants my 13-inch MacBook. Oh. Pro. So I would have no Mac. So and, you would have no Mac. And someone else in your org is now using it. Correct. Uh, okay, I see. Yeah. Um, and I imagine some of your day-to-day things here, like you're just, at some point, you have projects where you need a Mac to get it done. Well, you have to remember, I have 10 years behind me of Mac OS and right. iOS development, right? So as much as I might love my Pop! OS and Linux and System76, which we get lots of hate mail about, huh. um, it doesn't mean I'm not going to like burn 10 years into the ground, right? Like, yeah. You have happen. these skills, you can leverage them to make money. Uh, you're kind of obligated to do so. Right. Listen, I have a son and a wife, and between you, me, and the lamppost, my wife never intends to work again. Mm-hmm. So, so you're it. You know what? I will open those square brackets and write that Objective-C if I have to. <sighs> you're a noble man, and uh, I admire that about you, sir. Thank you. Well, congrats on the new purchase. That is pretty exciting. I'm not super happy about it. Really? So... I mean, it's okay. a bi- it's a big chunk of change for sure. Okay, I'm t- I'm talking to you on it right now. It is beautiful. It, there is nothing wrong with it per se. Right, right. It is not worth three thousand dollars, mm. which is what I paid after. Yeah, that's a that is a hefty price. Um, that's I- the problem. That is always the Apple problem, right? It is more than it ought to be. Mm-hmm. What ki- okay, so what kind of specs are we talking on this uh, this bad right, boy? Let's- uh, I have an i7. I have 16 gigs of RAM. Okay. I have a 4 gig ATI card. Um, and that's about it. I mean, a 512 SSD. Yeah. Okay. Everything else is standard. But Yeah. So that's a pretty, I would say that's like, um, I mean, that's a nice graphics card. And otherwise, it's a pretty standard, like, high-end developer laptop, right? 
Yeah, I mean, this is so. This laptop is a desktop replacement, right? And that's mm-hmm. how I'm using. So the the way it's working now is on the road, and I'm mostly on the road. My uh, my Galago Pro from System76, plug plug plug, is uh, my travel machine, and this is. I mean, this doesn't leave its little cradle. Oh, really? Okay, I see. Well, because it, you know what, the Mac world is screwed up. You can't like the. This machine is better than the equivalent iMac in terms of processor and things I care about. So you okay? Wow. So you basically you had to buy this. Well, had is a tough choice, right? I could have, I could have either bought a lower end model and like done funny stuff with being patient and waiting yeah, for right. mm-hmm. times, being frustrated but, all the time and hating yeah. your life. Mm-hmm. Or I could have bought a iMac. And like had a better GPU, but a worse CPU. But I don't really use the GPU other than watching like Tiffany Alvord videos. <laughs> yeah, totally. and, and Katy Perry videos when I'm sad and lonely, except for Swish Swish because she cut her hair and now she looks ugly. Uh, I feel like I lost the thread here. I think um, you may have. Uh, but really, right? I ca- what do I care about? I'm compiling at the end of the day, even when I'm doing like Node or Rails, because I'm doing a lot of like in Rails the only time I ever do dev now is like C plus plus extensions. Cause I'm quote the old man in our org. Is that right? So you're, you're making the big calls, not, uh, not slinging the brackets. Well, I'm living in our CRM or I'm doing C plus plus or objective C basically. Okay. I see. And then so you have other people who do some of the higher level or, uh, high level or business level logic. I call them, I call them princess programmers. Yes. Princess programmers. Oh, I like that. But, they're a little swift and they're typescript oh they're so cute um wow i cannot wait for the feedback um you know this you've compiled c plus plus all you care about is cpu throughput right disk read disk io and c C, uh, cpu throughput. you just want to slam it slam it on through get me my binary that baby is only going on one thread it doesn't matter (laughs) just do it right exactly so the gpu is basically worthless at that point um However, Hearthstone has never looked better. Yeah, right? I mean, and you can get your 4K Netflix streams, uh, which will be very important when you need to take a break before you, you know, or uh, maybe you can do that while you're waiting for your C++ to compile. You know what? I have to say, I've compiled some pretty scary C++. You can not only watch a 4K Netflix episode of, let's say, Orange is the New Blacks, you can make a pizza. <laughs> well, those two pair very well together. So, uh, can I come over to your C plus plus pizza uh, and hey, order the new black party? Why don't you come to my compile party? Yeah, right. excellent. But we're in Florida, so the only beer is Bud Light. Uh, well, I'll bring some good Northwest beer. So, don't worry oh. about that. Boom! Throw it down. So, how have you been, Wes? I've missed you. I feel like I haven't talked to you in like fifteen minutes. I think it has been about fifteen minutes, and that it was a horrible, anguishing time where I felt truly alone and questioned my my existence oh i'm i'm doing great so okay so is there is this new thing is it running apfs now that's something i have not got to play with but i've been following okay despite me being an alcoholic i'm sober so no it is not running apfs are you out of your mind are you crazy like let me ask you could you think of a reason to run apfs in production no, not really, but it seemed like Apple was pretty gung-ho about it, right? Didn't, uh, yeah. Aren't most iOS devices now on APFS? You know what? I upgraded my iPhone, and we didn't even talk about this in the notes, folks, so this is totally, he doesn't know what I'm about to say. I upgraded my iPhone to iOS 11. I can no longer answer phone calls. Really? I have to do iMessage, and I forwarded my phone, my personal phone, to my Android device, which is my work phone. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. Um, I guess... Uh, I guess that's no good for you. No, it's, it's a problem. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not blaming APFS. I'm just saying my, my larger point that I've been making for about three years on the show or more, actually, five years. I don't know how long it's been is um, never be the first tester in production. Right. You don't want to be that guy. So, no, I am happily running HFS plus on this Mac. As you have done, as one will always do. And my Linux machines runs ext4, as it should. Right? <laughs> I'm not doing anything fancy. You're not an, you're not an XFS person. XFS is pretty nice and, these days. You know what? I have no faith in this crap. I got to be honest with you. It is so, RAM is so damn cheap these days. I could just buy more RAM. Like, <laughs> buy more RAM. Now you sound like a developer. Oh. <laughs> 
No, I'm just you kidding. Know, That's too mean. Seriously. That's a little mean. I gotta be honest. With yeah, you. no, I'll take that. I walk that one back. I apologize to uh, anyone I may have offended. Um, I will not buy you RAM, but uh, we'll find another way to make it up to you. I yeah. mean, I fall into drinking Bud Light. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, no, I do agree with you, though. Um, I was... I know someone who's, uh, you know, he a ZFS fan, used Solaris for a long time, but isn't necessarily up on all the modern trends. So we were talking about APFS, and I was kind of struggling to sell the benefits, right? Or, like, talk about, like, explain the motivating factors or why one might be that interested in it. Uh, and basically the consensus from the crowd there was, uh, hey, it's not HFS+. plus." Yeah, that that's a... And that's, that's not a, a great... You know, those kinds of reasons are never the best reasons. Yeah. Um, that said, it seems like it's been mostly uh, largely a successful rollout. And uh, if it's as nice as it sounds like, at least according to the specs, I have not played with it, but um, at least... At some point, it sounds like it might be a good foundation for future Apple devices. It is. I mean, AFS plus, or AFS rather, is actually better than HFS. But there's some weird legacy stuff on Mac where folks hard-coded things to the AFX or HFS spec um, that cause issues. I mean, if you really want to know more about this, listen to ATP. John Syracuse goes into detail. I would just say that case sensitivity is a bitch. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. It, yeah, that, that, that's the most... Like I have an app called Git Mask, which mm-hmm. I barely support, and I'm going to do a major update because of uh, Apple File System AFS. Um, case sensitivity is a thing you now have to care about. It's just like Linux now. Yep, just like Linux. So Mac became better by being more like Linux. You heard it here first. But that's a that's a you know that's a a breaking change. Uh, you may end up making a lot of assumptions in software development, and those kinds of things get sometimes, unfortunately, deeply ingrained. Um, that's true. So I can see how that might be pretty painful. Uh, okay, well, there's been like a ton of Apple announcements. They've got these new phones out. They've got the they've got the 10, although everyone keeps I think calling it the X. I'm not sure how they feel about that. I call it Weapon X. Weapon X. That's right, Wolverine baby. Yeah, so um, will you so... be buying one? <laughs> it depends on the medical bills. Um <laughs> that baby's a thousand bucks. That seems that's a heavy ask, don't you think, for a cell phone? Or am I just showing my old man credentials here? No, that I know you're. It, that is a heavy ask. <laughs> um, if you have old man credentials, you're obligated to wear them with pride. I mean, so some people that I know that aren't me that wouldn't break an NDA um, have the preview of Xcode already, mm. and have the preview sim oh wait it's not nda anymore okay so i have the preview of the simulator okay yeah and uh i want to say i have some positive things to say about apple real quick real quick but first i'm going to say some negative things okay prepare yourself the everyone. hardware the hardware in the x in terms of processor gpu and all that good stuff and the hardware in the eight are basically identical the x is a sucker's game really it just is from a consumer's perspective, unless you want the status symbol, which, you know what, I get it. If you're like a pharma salesman, you need the X because you need to show that you're awesome and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. But the biggest issue with the X is not the hardware. It's the damn in the middle at the top, that damn little black area, the nub, they call it. The nub. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, we're, we're, yeah. That is going to be... A horrendous design and development challenge because people ios has been awesome about having it be a, a rectangular screen a perfect rectangle and now it is no longer a perfect rectangle yeah so anything anything in that nub there right like that that really can change a look and feel of how you've designed your app well it could break your app if you have a top menu bar yes um and then if it's not right it's not there on the eight it's not there on the eight or any other or iPhone. any previous one yeah so boy that's what suddenly and then suddenly like what are you now filled with like special casing here for platforms i mean you already have to but just more of that so the best practice that apple wants you to do in the hig is to assume the nub everywhere and not not design to use the top, uh, top okay face area. yeah but in the world of reality where i and you know 99 percent of the world uh, country live at least people did what they did because designers made them right yes exactly so business wants it this way the designers implemented it that way and now you just make it look like that 
Right, or else you don't get paid. Right, or else right. you don't get paid. Yeah, you didn't. You're just the you're just the guy making tying it all together and turning it into a binary here. You're you're the poor immigrant bricklayer in this scenario. I've been there lots of times. Like the designer says what he wants, and that's what he gets. Yes, I I I actually think, and this is my only negative thing on on the new iOS release, except for the four others I have. But the nub the nub is a huge mistake because. The issue with Android development, from my perspective as a traditional Apple developer, is that Samsung or HTC or Motorola will screw me at any time, right? You know, maybe I make, let's just say I released this Android app uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, Mm -hmm. Wes, and I made like 10 grand, right? Okay. That's not a lot of money, right? At the end of the day, that's really not that much money. No. And the support on that app was tremendous. And you know what that told me? Jesus, just not worth it supporting all these different Android devices. People bitch and moan, and they give you one-star reviews. Right, and, and you, you they've paid you a couple dollars one time, maybe, right. and then you're here supporting them for months on devices you don't have or have to painfully right. try to simulate testing on. Right. And in fact, if I counted all the devices, I probably lost money on that on that project. Ouch. But. I looked at iOS and said, "Geez, they're all the same. I mean, there's different screen sizes, but at the end of the day." they're fundamentally the same. Well, mm-hmm. now they're not. Right? Now they're not. Now everything is is a little more complicated. I I know this sounds trivial that you have this nub at the top, but I and I would love to hear from folks who are listening. Are you an iOS developer that has an app that's your own? And are you or even that's not like a client or an employer? Is that causing you trouble the new layout, the new length and nub in the iOS uh, the iPhone 10 rather? Because I, I can't imagine this not, right? Yeah, no. And it, it seems like one of those things where it's enough it's enough to break that, even though it's like, okay, well, it's only this one different one now. Uh, you know, as you're saying, coming from them, like, it's changed the whole landscape, and good good luck. You're not going to have to think take this into account across your whole line, update for it, and... Uh, well, the other... You mentioned landscape in the metaphorical sense. What if you put that mother in landscape, and yeah. now the right side of your phone has this weird... I mean, think about video games, right? Think about games on iOS. This is a real issue that people are going to have to deal with. Does any of it... Does do, do the things in the nub there? Do any Does any of that excite you in a way that, like, at all compensates it does, for it does a lot and, that, and, and there's a positive side to this conversation but i wish they had found a hardware solution to this problem because they have so many years of ios and iphones where they basically have never done something like this and now they're breaking their implicit contract right and saying oh no you need to design around this hardware problem that we have yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and then especially coming from like they're they're the premier hardware people. If anyone can go the extra steps to shape the hardware so that it, you know, that it makes a good platform, it's been Apple. Right. <sighs> Interesting. You're right. You know, I hadn't really th- I had not thought about that at all. I did see it in the launch video. I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay. I guess people are going to have to kind of change their apps, but especially if you're it's- just trying to support things you haven't really, you know, that aren't actively developed or just the whole roster." Well, it's actually more complicated than that, right? Because if you change your app to, let's say, have a little transparent bar at the top, well, are you now going to do like a compiler check, to, or not a compiler check, but a runtime check to see what phone you're running on? Because you don't want a little bar at the top if you're running on any other iPhone, no, right? No, you don't. Yeah. Then, uh, then you just look bad. You're wasting space. Well, now you're just a jackass, right? You're wasting yeah. the right, <laughs> like, This is a tiny phone. I paid way too much per square inch. Don't waste it. I want content everywhere. And and I'm I'm an iPhone user. I mean my phone doesn't currently work, but hey, you know, that's that's just a detail, whatever. We've all made deals with devils. We sure have. Um I don't I don't know, Wes. I mean you're you're not in the mobile space really. From the outside looking in, am I like the beaten wife? Am I like, you know, the abused spouse that needs to just walk away? Or well, I mean, I guess it. Well, that's not. This is not a good. Given that metaphor, you like how I phrased the question, I yes. think it was a good way to phrase the question. Um, yeah. uh, so, given that metaphor, what I was about to say would be like maybe terrible advice. But I would love uh, to hear it. Is just, your just is go. your heart still in it? Wow, you turned that right around. Um, 
Well, do you remember the Phantom Menace? I sure do, because I can never forget, even though I drink to forget every day. <laughs> we all do, Wes. We all do. Um, you remember Watto? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the Clone Wars. Even better. Yeah. Do you remember Watto? Yes, I do. I'm just in it for the money, baby. Like, I don't care anymore. You know what? I loved Apple at one point. I loved them less. They made a mistake. And it's not the one you think. They upgraded Snow Leopard. Upgraded Snow Leopard. Snow Leopard was the one true operating system. You know what? Ubuntu 7, uh, 18.4, rather, sucks. You know why? It's not Snow Leopard. It's not Snow Leopard. Come on. So what do you love about Snow Leopard? What, what made it so good? We don't have that kind of time. Okay, fine, um, I mean, fine. We'll save there, it for every, later. Everything was perfect in Snow Leopard. It was the right mix between Apple design and Unix. And now, I mean, I'm living here. What is this operating system right here called? Sierra? This is Sierra. This is Sierra. First of all, who begins a word with an under, uh, with a lowercase letter? That's just, I would slap my son if he did that, right? Yeah, like, right. That's just, you got to learn some. Come on. Come on, son. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so Snow Leopard was 10.6, right? Yes, ten six, back in the light days before the empire, right? Okay, so this was yes, this was in the days before like people started really feeling like iOS had become like a mainstream influence on OS X, um, right? Yeah, sort of the the peak OS X, you might say. Well, I would say it was peak next. I mean, this is we don't even yeah. Want to Let's go into this. It was peak next, right? And then the iOS people took over and said that, no, Mac is actually the sad, sad alcoholic uncle of OS or of iOS. You have a lot of uncles, and they don't sound like great people. I'm just going to put that out there. I just want to say that. First of all, Uncle Steve was right, and now he's dead. Uncle Tim, I actually think Uncle Tim is a good guy. He's misguided, but he's a good guy. Yeah. Uncle Satya is a bastard. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Steve Ballmer? That was the hero we deserved. That was the hero we deserved, and we all wish we could keep watching. Uncle Elon hates everything that I do in my spare time, so that's interesting. (laughs) And yet family keeps you together. Well, he keeps telling me that Alice is going to kill us all one day, and I say, I can't think of any better people to die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was part of the point. I'm working on that feature as we speak. Just give me a couple weeks. You know, living in Florida with all this wildlife, people got to go. I'm sorry. Al Gore was right. The humans, it's it's time. I could not agree more. Um, and so maybe, maybe uh, you know, we need things like augmented reality if we're going to equip these yes. robots with, you know, HUDs and other tracking systems that can track and kill all humans. Um, so it seems like iOS 11 is a big step forward for that. There is a lot of interesting stuff. I've been playing with the SDK. I may or may not have something out for Halloween to frighten oh, all the children. Ooh, wonderful. Um, I have to say, Apple got this right. You know what? AR, if AR is going to be the next thing, which I still don't, I'm not 100% convinced it's going to be. It's either AR or AI or some combination of both. But if it's AR by itself, Apple's got it. Because the API makes sense. ARKit, which is the iOS API, mm-hmm. is it's fantastic. I mean, from the, I don't want to go into API calls as people bitch that it's boring, but right. Y- y- and you yet can... I do want to hear about them. Okay, so so real fast, I'm going to do this real quick. Yeah, speed speed through. You can set up an Xcode project for ARKit in probably 15 minutes. Wow, and you can get running if you have a model already an AR model that you want to show. You can get running at 15, 20 minutes tops. That's that impressive. is amazing. That yeah, that's amazing, right? You compile it to your phone, you run it, and bam, your your Tiffany Alvord AR model is running. I mean, oh, oh geez. Um, I mean, you, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's uh, exciting though, because that 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 seems like it's a new level of approachable. Uh, and there's so much, you know, AR. I mean, it's it's complex, right? Like having to deal with the real world is complicated. But if these, if you have the right kind of interface, um, I'm really interested. So the challenge here is that AR really makes a lot of sense when paired with AI, though, right? Yeah. Because you don't want your model, I mean, unless you're a video game, and that's kind of a different ballgame, you don't want your model to be stupid. And Apple has some pretty strict rules on user data that, as a consumer, I love, but as a developer, I'm like, dude, come on. (laughs) You're a little sandbox back. 
Right. I'm a little, I, I'm feeling the weight of the sandbox on me. It's one of those old Mattel turtle sandboxes. And it's <laughs> just like, my gross. Yeah. I do have one problem with AR kit though. Okay. Do tell. It is very swift first. Is that the way the, the wind is blowing these days? No love for it's, objective C. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you were in Rome and let's say, Shit, I don't know the year. 450 <laughs> BC. Let's just pretend I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, great. Would you say, well, yeah, the fall of Rome, that's the way things are going. No, that's a bad thing, right? You don't want that. Like, come on. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, unless I'm like, I'm a double agent here. Oh, that that could be. Do you have a gigantic secret beard and are you really a Gaul barbarian? Is that yeah, what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. You know what? Long live Gaul. Objective C was a more elegant weapon for a more civilized age. That's all I'm going to say. Huh. So, what do you object to about about Swift? I have no stake in it. I haven't even tried Swift. I'll, I'll <laughs> do be we have this here. kind of time? Do we really have this kind of time? We, maybe we don't. Maybe we don't. I won't tempt you. <laughs> all right, let's just let's just do my top three. Top three, baby. Number one, why did you create Swift? Yeah. Okay. You don't you don't have a good reason. Type safety um, optionals, great. But all that does is take the challenge of reasoning about your code and make it a compile time problem, which is arguably a good thing. But I would I would say that like it puts handcuffs on you that are so tight that it's actually a huge pain in the ass. And people end up uh, for those who don't know the the question mark symbol in Swift is an is like a maybe right like an optional. Uh, You're optional talking about like a, like the maybe monad from Haskell. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And the exclamation point is basically, fuck you, I know what I'm doing. Okay. The problem here is, what do people do when they don't want to be bothered by the compiler? They throw in a bunch of exclamation points. So it's Objective-C with all the messaging advantages. I see. Right? It's all the bad points of Swift and all the bad points of Objective-C. And by the way, the 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 concept in Objective-C and Smalltalk also, that you could pass an object as an object and it handles a message or it doesn't, that's great. Yes. Messaging is the right way to do this. Java's wrong. All the other languages are wrong. Smalltalk and Opsi have it right. <laughs> I like Swift, that. Yeah, this is going to be a rough feedback. Um, Swift is catering to people who don't know what they're doing, really. That's interesting. You know, and I, I really liked your point there um, about about the type the type type system uh and compile time because like i think you're right like it's it can be really nice like when the compiler is your friend um but i think it what people don't often talk about is it depends on the project so like if i was writing um some code for a pacemaker i probably want as many static guarantees as i want because i'm going to ship that once and never update it but in this modern world of like apps you update all the time sometimes it's like well i don't I don't necessarily care if it's 100% perfect. If I can get, with good tests and good development, 95% perfect, but I can do it in three quarters of the time, uh, sometimes that is what makes more sense for the way that I want to develop. Well, I mean, let me let me make this even crazier. So in the OBC world of message sending, right, you could do all kinds of interesting things with like um, what we call, we call like homophone messages. And this is my own term, so if I'm wrong. Oh, interesting. But I'm going to call them homophones where... You have similar data types that conform to the same messaging protocol, but don't necessarily have the same internal structure. But it doesn't matter, right? They get the message and they know how to handle it. Right. And they can have their own their own implementation right. of that handling. Swift makes that a pain in the ass because you now have to do an explicit protocol, right. which is doable, but it's a ton more work, right? Yes. Like Swift is basically making you show your work in math class. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate uh-huh. it. And, I hated showing my work since I was a boy in Catholic school. I always, you know what? I know the answer. I'm not showing crap. I know it because I know it. Like, right, right. I know. mean, that's sort of like, you know, like you're adding a new thing, maybe to an ADT or similar. Um, and you're like, oh, great. The compiler can tell me all the places I need to update this. But sometimes you're like, well, I just wanted to be able to pass this new oh, new type and, of and message and just about, handle like, it. like breaking compiler changes between versions of Swift. Ooh, see that. Now that gets dicey. Now we're in a world of, oh, the compiler protects you, unless it's been a year. <laughs> it will just burn you into the goddamn yeah, Then it ground. hates everything that you're doing, and you're just, you're, just, you're just fighting each other. Yeah, I mean, Swift solves a problem that Apple has, or had, uh, several years ago, in that Objective-C developers were probably overpaid, including myself, and they were able to freeze out the market. I see. They, ha- they have now solved that problem by flooding us with a bunch of crap. 
That makes sense. Well done, Draco. It reminds me of those visas. Oh, we're not going to go into that. No, no, we're not. Yeah, I imagine there's a lot of like, you know, people people picking up Swift going that way, but haven't uh, learned the hard lessons of shipping production apps in Objective-C over the years. There's a lot of bitter Objective-C developers. I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of sensing that. Um but hopefully uh, so that so that's your biggest problem um with with ARKit is that it's a it's a Swift first sort of API. Um So it does work in Opsy. I mean, my 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 problem with ARKit is it doesn't go far enough actually. Because so? you don't you don't just want AR. You want AR with a large data stores, machine learning, and I have this crazy theory with my project Alice that it's actually not machine learning you want. It's actually more intelligent, more aggressive artificial intelligence, which is way beyond the scope of what we can do in the next 25 minutes. Right. But Apple says no to both. Right. Apple says even if you just wanted regular old machine learning, yes, they have core ML, mm-hmm. but they are not going to collect user data substantial enough to make that make sense. You just you. don't have the data set to operate on. You just you just don't have the data. Right. Interesting. Now, there are firms popping up where you can buy that data, which is interesting. Um, but I don't know enough about them. I have, I've had a few preliminary conversations with them for my own projects to say, well, how did you get this data? you know, kind of what are the bona fides here, right? But there's a lot of like, this is almost like, I don't want to say this badly, but do you remember World of Warcraft? I sure do. It feels like you're talking to the guys who will sell you some gold. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you're like, I, I don't know, this doesn't feel right. Am I sourcing this right? Am I going to, what, what consequences of those are, are there going to be? And who did you steal this from? And and more importantly, how long of a term in prison? And it's federal prison, right? Because state prison would be rough. I'm in the South now. Like, oh, yeah. No, hopefully you're. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Nice to know you. Nice to know you. Mike. Remember, kids, when you're committing a felony, always cross state lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For your own protection. Yikes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. What have you done to us? Um, yeah. Okay. Do you, is there, have you seen other problems? Uh, are there other pieces, iOS 11 or other in the, in the ecosystem um, that are more and more Swift first? You know, there, not Swift first, but there's another major problem with iOS 11 that we've talked about a lot on the show tangentially, but I've held my tongue through the betas. I've held it, Wes. Well, please, sir, unleash the torment of your tongue. Okay. So have you seen the app store on iOS 11? Yes. I've watched a couple videos, uh, it's a goddamn, it. If you are an independent developer, it's a goddamn nightmare. It is everything you've been worried about for the last mm, nine years. It doesn't show that many apps in one screen. It shows Apple's editorial coverage more than anything else. This is going to have, and again, people tell me that I'm crazy, but give it, give it a full quarter. Give it, you know, give it the fourth quarter of this year. There is going to be a visible and deleterious economic impact on independent developers who are not related to Apple in some way. And this is not me saying that Apple's biased. This is me saying that when you can only show one or two apps at a time, or one, depending on your screen size, that is going to hurt the small guy. Oh, right? yeah. The little, but, but, the, but, oh, yeah, but these are people with kids and mortgages, right? Like, a lot of folks have done a lot of work optimizing their apps for the app store in terms of, um, you know, app store uh, optimization, um, marketing, you know, putting up screenshots, videos, preview videos, managing and responding to user reviews, which is just open in iOS 10. And they are going to take a financial hit that, frankly, I mean, I am not a good citizen of the Apple ecosystem. <laughs> I'm basically what you might call a turncoat, right? Yes. These guys... These guys paid their taxes. They did their time. And they're about to get, they, I mean, frankly, they're about to get screwed, right? They're about to get rolled. And the beneficiaries are going to be the spammy free-to-play games, the big companies. You know, I don't want to name names, but because it's not their fault they're benefiting. It's Apple's fault. But it, this is a nightmare for the little guy, Russ. This is, this is a tragedy. Uh man, this okay. So I want to talk more about that first, though. Maybe, maybe Mike has inspired you. Um, you're a little guy. You hate those horrible spammy big guys, and you want to join this fight. Sure, Mike just told you you're going to die shortly and quickly, but you don't believe him. You're inspired. You need 
a company that's as inspired as you to back your new app services. And that, my friends, that's DigitalOcean. Head on over to DigitalOcean.com. There, you can use our amazing promo code, Coder Digital. That will get you a $10 credit. Go sign up. Use that promo code, Coder Digital. Then you can start spinning up droplets. Yeah, what's a droplet, you might ask? Okay, so it's a VM running on that beautiful KVM hypervisor. Not only that, but... So it's full virtualization, none of this open VC stuff. It's not a container. You can have your own kernel. You got the whole thing. Run whatever you want. That's the power of DigitalOcean. They got an HTML5 VNC console, right? So you can just you can just see, you can see the video out, you can troubleshoot, you can log in, you can futz with the bootloader if you need to. Or if you want to take the opposite approach on DigitalOcean, they have all the tutorials you're going to need to set things up. And they have one-click apps. So boom, you want WordPress? One-click app. WordPress set up running on your your brand new droplet. They've got all the stuff you want to run, container Linux, Ubuntu, Fedora, maybe even free BSD. But let's not talk about that too much because we need to talk about their incredible pricing. If you've been on other cloud providers, you're probably like, okay, I don't want to see this and it's going to be complicated. Have you ever tried to like figure out pricing at some of their competitors? It's crazy. You're going to go like spend, you're going to open like six different tabs. You're going to have to like find a third party calculator from Hacker News to even try to figure this out. At DigitalOcean, it's just simple, transparent pricing. That's how that's how easy it is, right? So it starts at $5 a month. For that, you get 512 MB of memory, one v- virtual CPU, and that is no slouch, and 20 gigs of all SSD disk. Yeah, that's right. DigitalOcean was one of the first, first cloud providers to recognize that SSDs were a game changer for this in- industry. And that's why pretty much anything you get at DigitalOcean, it's going to be backed by awesome SSDs. Plus... Plus, you get one terabyte of transfer. I say this from experience. DigitalOcean has some of the best rates on transfer in the industry. If you really are like, you're sending a lot of bits down the wire, DigitalOcean is someone you need to work with. Maybe you need a little more oomph. They've now got high CPU droplets. You can customize these that you need. You can get attachable block storage, also SSD. Boom, expand that. Maybe you're, you know, you want to, you need a bunch of storage to, uh, to store user data, block storage, boom, add it, simple, done. If you need to do backups in the same thing, they've got snapshots and private networking. So you don't pay for bandwidth if it's between two droplets in the same data center. How awesome is that? They've got a ton of great features, all the stuff you expect from a modern day cloud provider, including an incredible API. So if you've got a new app project, small business, or uh, just an open source project you want to run, DigitalOcean is the place to do it. They've got an awesome community. They've got real editors to turn community contributions into incredible first-rate articles. It is great. So don't waste any time. Head on over to DigitalOcean.com. Use our promo code, CoderDigital. Get started today. And thank you, DigitalOcean, for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. Okay. Mr. Dominic, this app store change, I had I I mean I'd seen the I'd seen the design and it just seemed like a little more curated. I had not realized the implications here, but you're right that you know especially like they've had such dominance. The Play Store it's it's just a mess, right? Uh the the App Store seemed like one place that was wasn't perfect, it wasn't great, but it was like a semi-healthy functioning marketplace of not just crap. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> Well, at least by comparison. Uh, sure. Google Play, is that your... Yeah, right? I mean, uh, or the sure. Windows Store? Oh, no, 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 no. The Windows Store is like a post-apocalyptic landscape, but whatever. Yeah, go right. Ahead. Just don't go there. You'll get hurt. Uh, it's not a good time. Um, yeah, I can see what you mean, though, that like, as a as a consumer, I'm just going to go this. I'm going to look at like two things and then pick one of those two because it takes a long time. How long do you really search, right? Like, I need a podcast player. Okay, well, oh, look, this is reviewed well, and Apple has written about it, so boom, now I've got it. Um, yikes. So you, you're predicting you're predicting a, a downturn here, then, um, a big change. you think this is going to really hurt a lot of the people that helped make iOS, like, a really popular platform? Uh, well, let's be careful, right? So what I am predicting is a downturn for most independent developers, but that is not a, a relatively shocking prediction given the history of the app store was the rise and fall of the independent developer, right? right? It was a dramatic rise and an equally dramatic fall. I mean, it's, it's been tough. I mean, someone who lived it, it is hard, right? 
I mean, let's take an industry I'm no longer in, the games industry. Right. It is hard to be a game developer and have a game similar to, let's say, Blizzard, right? Let's say Hearthstone or World of Warcraft and compete with them. Because you know what? You're going to lose, right? Yep. It's like the uh, the Plant City Little League team against the New York Yankees. That that just ends in tears. Um, although if you've ever seen the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play, I'm pretty sure the girls' football team would handle them quite well. <laughs> Knock them on their ass because they suck. Um, send your hate mail. No one's going to do that, actually. It's great. Yeah, right. You're fine. You can just keep... We have a whole show where you just trash talk the Buccaneers all day, and it'll be all fine. All long. Yep. Um, Coming up in the next episode today... It's see, we're making a light of it. We're making jokes because we have to, because most people don't care. But for the the problem with this topic for me, Wes, on the show is that the people who care care a lot, right? And yeah. they care for reasons that are like they're going to default on their mortgage and be homeless, right? And they have kids and wives and all that kind of stuff. They've or, built a business here, yeah, right. So it's. This is probably the most serious issue, and we've talked about the app store economics a lot in Code Radio since the beginning. But and this is, in my opinion, this is the most serious issue we've ever covered. It's a problem, right? When the platform vendor, and and this is my opinion, not the opinion of the network, because we have been censured for from Apple from this a few times. Um, that when the platform vendor is just like diametrically opposed to the independent developer, that's a problem. Right. And they don't, the problem is too, and I've, I've spoken with them, they don't think they're opposed to the indie guy. They think that, that, you know, big companies get reps and indies don't. Yeah. But that means you're the enemy, right? That, like, you are helping the big company. And, and the problem is, I have clients who are big companies. So I know the difference. <laughs> I right. mean, I know the different experience. I'm like, dude, this, I would never have gotten away with this on my own account. Like, it, it really, it's I mean, a, you, you feel like yeah. a second class citizen. You feel like you don't have the same kind of opportunities or resources at your disposal. Um, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a serious concern. And Apple, today's Apple, at least. I mean, I, I have some nostalgia for the Apple of the past that I think would have been more sympathetic to the little guy. Today's Apple doesn't care. They're all about, you know, business deals and co marketing and all this bullshit. But they're big business now huge business uh, you know what they were better when they were on the verge of chapter 11 yeah right because now wow. they kind of want to they want to have the you know straddle the the playing field between no, now they have an operations guy in charge you should never have accountants in charge accountants are the worst people in the world my whole family's accountants and i can tell you they're just awful people awful people don't you know maybe you have to have one but uh, keep it to nope. that nope eliminate the irs get rid of all the accountants that's the way to go Ooh. Radical world change here on the Coder Radio program today, folks. That's right. Um, vote Mike for world leader. Um, if I could only be chancellor of Germany, I could handle the whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sadly, yeah. I lost my election. Yeah, I know that was a that was a blowout, and uh, unfortunately, something we all saw coming. I gotta say, um, I wish that I could play more in the iOS ecosystem. Talking with with Chris, uh. I'm 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 down on HomeKit. That that seems like a, a big plus. HomeKit. I, I really am interested. I really appreciate the privacy aspect of Apple's ecosystem. In the past, I had been less interested just because, like, all right, well, I wanted like a rooted Android phone or otherwise. I don't really need a Mac for development, so I don't necessarily have to have one. I've had an iPad in the past. I did. I have had an iPhone from. I think I had an iPhone four. So it's been a while. Um, it was it was jailbroken, of course. But right now, I have a Pixel. I haven't I haven't rooted it. I mean, I have, but it's it's not currently rooted. It's not currently running anything custom, and I kind of just use it as a phone and as a you know Chrome on the go. And I check my work email. Um, so in that sense, I'm wondering if I'm like edging closer to being able to be a part of this whole iOS thing. How so? Well, if it's just an appliance, I'm. Like there's a lot I there's a lot about Apple like the the walled garden. Um, I have other concerns just about what the like the way they operate and the amount of as like a power user or the amount that I'm targeted to or the amount that it's sort of you know meant for me. Uh, but on the other hand, like they make really nice hardware. 
and they, you know, a lot of stuff is done on the phone versus in the cloud, etc. So from those angles, I'm I'm interested. Oh, you are going down a dark path, my friend. So is that this, is that's that's my question, really? I guess. Yeah, that that's the path I was down years ago. That well, because they integrate the hardware and the software, they give you advantages that no other platform vendor can. Does that sound like a fair statement? It's certainly a statement I've heard. Yeah. Um, the problem is, it's a dictatorship, right? Yeah. And if you fall out of favor with the dictator, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, right. I mean, what what recourse do you have? That's how it works. None. Yeah, no. Tears dry on the road. Right. Like, I mean, what about HomeKit? It's interesting to me that you said HomeKit and not like CoreML or ARKit or. Those are also a... interesting, definitely. Okay. Um, but why HomeKit? I mean, I, f- I feel like you have a specific use. Not really. Well, I mean, not really. I've been interested in. Um, in doing more home automation, I mean, I live in like in like a seven hundred square foot apartment, so uh, saying home is a little bit much here. But still, I'm interested in it. Just you know, whatever. As a technically minded person, um, and man, I once slept in a public library. There you go. Yeah, so good. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I haven't been that much interested in the Echo ecosystem. I certainly know a lot of people who have them. There's some here at the studio. Uh, I have no problem with it, but it just hasn't been like. I'm, I'm not leveraging it and I haven't bought bought into it yet. So felt a little bit more like something I would roll my own. Now, obviously, it would have a lot of things that I didn't do. And I don't know what the, you know, what the kind of interface I've not explored enough to see, like, could I customize it as much as I might want? Could I interface and pull data from it in the ways that I might want? That I don't know. Um, but it doesn't feel like yeah. I can do that that well with like an ecosystem either. no. I mean, the trouble you're going to have is that HomeKit is pretty locked down to specific hardware vendors. Right. Because right, you have to be, be HomeKit certified and play nice with their... Yeah. Well, and basically pay Apple license. And here, pay... Right? right, there you go. That's the key. So that might be a problem for you, given given that if... See, the dream of home automation for me, and I've, I've like lusted about this, I may or may not have set up an Arduino board to automatically turn on my Ninja coffee maker. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. But like, I could only do that because all that crap was open source, right? Yep. So if I had to pay a license to get the software on the Arduino board, that would have been... That would not work so well. Right. That's so I don't know, right? Like I right. don't know what roadblocks you'd hit there. I have found HomeKit to be very interesting, but also it's I mean, at least the stuff that consumers might buy, it's very much on the high end, mm-hmm. I feel. Right. And that might be okay for me because I don't as I said I don't have that much space, so I can buy like one or two of each thing. Okay. Um but I can you see how if you like, had like a you know, if you have like six rooms you need to put stuff in, that would suddenly be like, Well, I want to be able to buy whatever is uh on sale on the internet right now and then hook it up. What do you mean? I can't go to uh what is the one? Oh crap, where I always buy my stuff. I can't remember, but it's that weird Chinese website where I buy all my chips and hardware. That's oh, buying um, me constantly. Yes, sure. um I know what you're talking about, but I'm also you blanking can- on it. It's where everybody buys their Arduino boards. I can't remember. Yes, exactly. I am. Uh, that's yeah, that's fun. And that that's although, although, my Lulzbot printer has been a great help. Believe it or not, for hinges, mechanical hinges. Really? So you print them in two pieces. And then you print an axle, and you have a rounded hinge if you use the right kind of PLA filament. Yeah. That's fascinating. And it's totally open source. Lulzbot, I mean, this is a sidetrack, and this is not a commercial. They didn't pay for this. <laughs> but they put out the specs for all the hardware and all the software totally free. Wow. Okay. Totally. That's, see, that's that's awesome. That's where I print all my prototypes for my crazy inventions. I mean, Chris's new Man Lover 4000 was printed on that. That's amazing. I had to buy black filament, though. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Boy, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, yeah, so for me, it's like, uh, I don't know how to straddle the divide. And I think it's always a tough divide. But between, you know, like, part of me, there's times where I don't want to roll everything myself, right? Like, you can take Arduinos and automate everything, but then you've made your own one-off thing and you have to maintain the whole thing. Um, I would like to be somewhere in the middle where I can delegate the things to commercial things when I when I want to, when it's convenient, or I don't care. But I have some way to hook those up or have a higher lo- higher level logic control between the pieces. Also, I've set up like one too many things with a really crummy 
app that I have to have like six different ones for each vendor, and I just I just can't do that anymore, yeah. or See, I will yeah. have to hurt myself. See, that's the value that HomeKit adds, right? It's the unified interface to all these different devices. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't mind, like, I don't currently have an iPad, but I had one for a while. So, like, I could I could get an iPad, turn it up, set it up to be, like, this is my HomeKit thing, and then maybe I do, like, one other thing from it, and then that that's it, and that's where I run it from. That might be okay. I would buy a used one or something, probably. Right, right. It's tough. I mean, I, I wish y'all the luck with it i mean i've never delved too deeply into HomeKit. i ended up going the hack it your own way arduino sort See, of route. i like that more i'm also interested in, i have a bunch of arduinos laying around so i really just need to to put some of them to better well, work it's a lot of work though that's the problem like i've i had ambitious goals and i ended up like automating coffee making right like that's that's yes. where that's where i stopped i mean that's uh that's how you self bootstrap because you're going to need coffee if you're going to have ambitious goals that's just how it works or if you're going to get up in the morning and continue on, yes. Yeah, or just or just basic living. Yeah, that's also true. Um, so if you do have ambitious goals, let's just take one more second here and, and talk about our final sponsor today, which is Linux Academy. Make yourself a pot of coffee. Go sign up. Head over to linuxacademy.com slash coders. There, you can get started. Sign up and find all the resources you need, whether you're going to, you know, you need to set up a server for your new app. You've just made a new app. You're gonna need to. You're gonna need servers, right? You're gonna have a cloud service. You're gonna have a backend because, of course, it's 2017. That's what we do. But you might not know. You might not have all those skills right now. Where are you gonna do? Are you gonna take a Coursera course? Maybe. But what a lot of these other platforms have problems with is you don't get quite the hands-on that you want. You have to roll a bunch of stuff yourself, and you're left on your own to figure it out. Not so with Linux Academy. Not only do they not just teach you everything in the world, they focus on Linux uh, and open source DevOps related technologies, but they have customized workflows. So whichever operating system you're using, they'll customize the courseware for that. Plus, they've got great community forums, ways to get help and instructor mentoring. So you can actually go talk to a real human if you need to help get things sorted out. They really care. They really want you to understand and get away with a really good education because these are people, the people behind Linux Academy, they know what they're doing and they're passionate about it, right? They're all Linux users themselves. They use, deploy, and build Linux Academy with the same sort of skills that they're trying to teach. So it really is a good dog fooding situation where you have people that use it, the people are passionate, they're the people making and working on this courseware. Plus, they've innovated a ton of great features to make sure that you have what you need. So all the lessons, they, they tell you how long they're going to take. You can really well budget your plan. They have tool and assistance that will help you make a, make a learning plan so that you know, like, all right, well, I only have one hour three times a week where I have time for this. I'm a busy person. You have a job. You have kids. You have a life. No problem. Linux Academy is there to help. Or maybe you're maybe you're a startup. Maybe you're a small organization. You've got some new hires. You really want to bring them up to speed on your platform. Linux Academy is a great fit there too. Go go click on their their four teams teams button right here on the top to pull your team's potential. Come see why top companies use Linux Academy to build their employee training programs. It, it works super well. They've got a lot of resources. Each person gets their own account, but they're all under one team. You can individually go assess how the team's doing, how individuals are doing, see how they've done on their assignments, make sure they're making the, the kind of progress that you expect. And since you all have access to the courseware, you know you can help manage that too. Take take the classes, help work with Linux Academy, make sure you understand so that you can help your your you know your employees as well. It's a great system, and you can tell they've really thought it through. That's just that's just the focus that Linux Academy has. So go on over, linuxacademy.com slash coder. That'll get you started at Linux Academy and let Linux Academy know you appreciate them sponsoring the Coder Radio program. I know I sure do. Thank you to Linux Academy. Okay, so we were talking about ARKit before, but do you actually see yourself using that? Is that something you're interested in doing? Will you? Are there apps that you see yourself making in the future leveraging yes. augmented reality yes awesome and like i said in last episode for halloween yep oh yeah halloween teaser that's right because you know what all you bitches should be scared i am quaking in my boots over here i assure you here's my app are you ready it's ar kit where all the legends of open source are going to pop out of you out of nowhere <laughs> What is scarier than RMS or Linus popping out of the shadows? Yeah, right. Exactly. Really? It's a, it's a, 
Yeah, it's Torvalds it's with his uh, middle finger up, just coming right at It'll, you. And RMS with his beard, just like yeah. trying to consume you. You're tangled yeah. up in the beard. Oh gosh, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. It, it is a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, really. He's shouting at you about how this whole AR app that he's in he's telling isn't you free software. That, that... And, and Linus is like that one time you bought that NVIDIA card, you dirty bastard. Like, yeah, it's it's a mess. Get it out of here. Exactly. There he is. There he is. Our dear friend. Oh, Apple. I miss him. What are they doing? So you're not going to be getting an iPhone, uh, iPhone 10 then. So I didn't say that, did I? No, you didn't. You didn't. I, I'm putting words in your mouth over here. My ability to stumble out of a bar and wander into an Apple store and spend lots of money. It's legendary. Be, it, and a little sad, let's be honest. Again, I'm feeling sorry for your wife here. No, my wife wants an iPhone 10. She said, come what may, she wants an iPhone Is 10. that right? Nice. Yeah, she, she's, uh, she's not a victim in this story. Hmm. Um. She's a big fan of Moana and Mulan. Not a huge fan of Cinderella or any of the other princesses. Yes, right. Okay. Um, yeah, no, she wants an iPhone X. Here's my problem. It just seems overpriced. I'll, I'll get her one because, you know, why make my life painful? For myself, I'm, I think I'm okay on my 7 if they would just fix the damn thing under the warranty. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can no longer receive phone calls on it. And it turns out uh, you want a phone to make phone calls. I know that's like a radical statement in 2017, but... No, uh, I feel like I'm being a little retro, but I'm like the last person on Earth who actually makes phone calls. Why don't you just use like SIP over data, man? Come on. No? Not going to bite on that? Okay, fine. No, too much, too much. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, no, I accept that. Um, Yikes. Yeah, that's actually... It seems like it's kind of a big regression for Apple. But such is life. Uh, it, well, you know what? It could just be my phone. It could also be, you know, Apple's in love with their juicy, juicy margins. Yes, they are. Well, and it's so, done very well for them. Ten grand for an iPhone seems, shall we say, aggressive. Is that is that a kind way to put this? Yeah, aggressive, um, hopeful. I think aggressive is right because it's kind of like it's just like this upward pressure on the whole on the whole market. So it starts making these like six hundred dollar phones seem reasonable. That's hard to say, but I don't know. I mean, I felt like six hundred bucks is a lot for a cell phone. Yeah, and because I pay them straight out. Yeah, I do as well. Pay a thousand bucks, you're wow, you're um, you're in trouble. At that point, like that's that's a low end XPS on sale. Right. And um, that's that is um, most of a month's rent in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of things I can get a lot more utility out of um, than a cell phone. I mean, I like my cell phone. I need a cell phone. Right. That, that's fine. But so I like a cell phone. I need groceries. I need groceries. Yeah, exactly. I need groceries. I need a roof. I need, uh, you know, to be able to afford to have a car, a case of beer every week, a oh, case shit. of bar. Oh, yeah. That's well, that's that's just that's just to, you know, keep these mammal brains going. I used to be a lizard. It was better. Yeah, it's um, way better. It's a lot simpler. I mean, okay. You, you're the HomeKit fan. You're the iOS lover here. See how I did this? I turned this Ouch, on. man. Uh, there goes the reputation. Justify the iPhone X for me. Or 10. Is it X or 10? I, b- I believe it's supposed to be 10. 10. I'm calling it Weapon X anyway. Justify Weapon X. Justify Wolverine for me. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it's the biggest change in iPhone since it was launched. Didn't you? Didn't you hear that? Didn't you hear all about that? Um, I must have been having a rage stroke at the time. You must have been having a rage stroke. Well, for starters, it's um, quote unquote all screen. I can't do this. This is too hard for me. You're um, killing me, bro. You're 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 like you're breaking my heart. Um, no, I don't. I don't see it. I I gotta say it. I mean, it was it was a reasonable it was a reasonable presentation um, when they announced it. It seems like a nice device, and I will say it, it does look pretty. There is a giant amount of screen, but between like between the nub, uh, I'm really not that sold on Face ID. I'm not against it. I don't. I'm not like oh, Face ID is such a bad infosec idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go run with that. Okay, so you can compel me by force to give me 
to give you my fingerprint, right? Yes. You can torture me to give you my password, which, by the way, if you're a cop in the United States, you can't do that. Fifth Amendment. Yeah, right? just if FYI, I, in case you weren't sure, uh, Mike's well, telling no, you. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're saying crazy Uncle Mike in his log cabin, but really... The Fifth Amendment in the U.S. protects information in your brain, right? Yes. So if I have a password, even if my password is one, two, three, four, but you can't compel me to tell you that. Granted, you can hack that on a toaster these days. You sure can. You can't force me to tell you that. You can force me to give you my fingerprint, which is already awful. But my face? You just hold that baby up to my face and you, you're in the phone. Like, and and granted, the cops have got nothing to hide, whatever. Okay, Republicans say things that they say, and I'm a Republican, so I can say shit like this. But what about like criminals trying to break into your bank? They go into your house and they show your phone to your face to get into your bank. Yeah. Right? Like, face ID is the worst thing I've ever heard of. If anything, iOS ha- should have like a safety mechanism. There should be, I mean, if you're going to do face ID, you need to also do like, is the user under duress, right? Is he invisible pain or she invisible pain? Is there blood, you know, have an Apple watch. Is their blood pressure high? Are they shaking? Right? You need the have, face, like the, uh, the safe word equivalent of like a facial tick. Yeah. But, but, but like, exactly. But right. But you're making kind of a joke, like a safe word, but, but I'm not kidding. Right. Because you can really do some damage with these devices. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, your, your whole life is on there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like right. you said, bank so, accounts, work accounts, all, all sorts of things. So, so the idea, and, and and Apple's not the first to come up with this, though they would deny that on a stack of Bibles. You know, Samsung and others have done it before. But the idea that I would have my phone up to my face and that would automatically unlock everything is is madness to me. I mean, that I don't want my phone to be that easy to get into, right? I mean, yes, texting my wife back, yeah, I'm okay, I'm running late, fine, that can be a quick thing. Opening my bank account and sending a wire transfer... <laughs> <laughs> not so quick I'd like, I'd like that to be super hard actually right like right. i want to you know or like i can think of a number of issues that might be frightening here um i don't know i think face id is a terrible idea i think anyone the people who've thought of this have never lived in a bad area or a bad neighborhood and ever been like in a dangerous situation but that's just mike from the block right their problem is that they are uh you know like stuck in traffic trying to unlock their phone on their way to their office job where that's the only place they have to worry about someone looking at their phone. Right. They've never been like mugged or anything is what I'm getting. I also like, I mean, you were asking me to motivate um, the 10. I didn't see the motivation. Like maybe face ID is nice. I can see like, okay, yeah. Oh, it's just unlocked. That is super easy. But honestly, right now, unlocking my phone isn't anywhere near the top 10 of my complaints about like my daily routine or even my interactions with the phone. Yeah. Occasionally I'm like, Oh, we, the, you know, I have an Android, so it's on the back. So occasionally I'm like, Oh, I wish I could do this on the front or, Oh, I have to put in my pin or whatever, but that's really not that big a deal. I wouldn't complain about it. And it's certainly not the thing I would want. I, I don't want Google I to mean, spend time working on that. I mean, I even think fingerprint ID or touch ID is an awful mistake. I think it should all be passwords and you know what? Your phone's as secure as either the complexity of your password or your ability to stand up to torture. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. That's right? a very like, simple equation. Yeah. And I also I think really, there's a lot of yeah. like compromises out there already, right? There's like um, various things like where, oh, yeah, unlock it when it's attached to Bluetooth or unlock it when it's on this Wi-Fi network or unlock it. And none of those, all of those are security compromises, obviously. But like those were all already things that existed that people could make if they so chose. And for me, that's like enough. Like I could be like, yeah, okay. I can unlock my phone's unlocked when I'm in my office. My phone's unlocked when I'm in the car and my phone's unlocked when I'm at my house. And that's every other time I'm on the street and I can unlock my phone in like two seconds, one second. And my phone is always a second away from calling 911 when I'm in Newark or Camden. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Don't get, don't get hurt, please. Cause, uh, people, it turns out people like the show. And if you die, then what happens to the show? You know what? There are other psychologically ill programmers that Chris could find. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's probably true. But none of them have that Michael charm. Misa the best. Oh, jeez, he's coming out again. <laughs> uh, okay, so there was lots of Apple news. We po- focused on a little bit of it. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about, or things that you want to bring up before we get out of here today? 
No, I think we're good for today. I mean, you know, the, the problem with all this iOS 10 stuff is no one really has one, right? So I think all and you'll and everybody else will need to do some thorough testing before we go into it too much deeper. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, there's I mean, there's the new IR uh, blaster, right, for the uh, for the AR kit stuff. Yes. But no one it's hard to tell how well or how different is that from an iPhone 8 or an iPhone 7 without physically having one and doing some uh, deep tests. So, yeah, I think there was nothing else. All right. Yeah, we'll see in a couple months. People will have used them, abused them. Um, Mike will have broken several of them, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then we'll be able to have yep. the details. Excellent. All righty then, sir. This has been Coda Radio, episode 276 for September 29th, 2017. Head on over to jupiterbroadcasting.com. There you'll find a whole bunch more Coda Radio. Just what you wanted, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And if not, there's a whole bunch of other great Jupiter Broadcasting shows that you can find there. If you want more of me, I'm filling in for the wonderful Chris Fisher, but I'm at West Payne. And uh, you, Mr. Mr. Dominic, you can be found at... At Tumanuko on Twitter and Buccaneer.io. Beautiful. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for the Coda Radio program, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>